To Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Ventini from Rhema Word of Faith Empowerment Ministries, the Word Church. And we are going to continue our discussion on the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And again, the Holy Spirit is not a it. He's a he. He's a he. <laughs> it's a person. In uh, John chapter 14... Verse 15, Jesus is speaking here. In verse 15, he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I always tell people that that he ain't just referring to the Ten Commandments because Jesus gave more than ten, and he summed it up with love. But I I, I like to paraphrase that, If you love me, keep my word. That's his commands. It's his word. Keep my word. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. Then he referred to him in verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Again, as when you get born again, again, this is elementary teaching, you have to, well, your pastor should tell you (laughs) the truth that, God's spirit now is awakening you. He's alive in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And it's through his Holy Spirit that you now have fellowship with God. And you can petition heaven again because your spirit is awakened to God. And that Holy Spirit has a purpose. Again, that's for you to fellowship and communicate with God. And Jesus said in Acts, when you receive the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. And again, that's the power, that's the ability, that authority to communicate with heaven. And if you aren't, the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. If you ha- And that's biblical knowledge, spiritual knowledge, not academic knowledge. But if you don't have the knowledge of the Lord's will, then you're going to be destroyed by the enemy. And we all have an enemy. The Bible says Satan is our adversary. He's the accuser of the brethren. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against those principalities in heaven and wicked and heavenly places. So without the Holy Spirit, you can't defeat, you can't live that victorious life that Jesus said he came to give us in John 10.10. You got to rely on the power of God working in you. You have to acknowledge him. You got to 
Scripture says he will teach you, he will tutor you, he will lead and guide you into all truth. So, and he's, he's one thing I found out about the Holy Spirit, he's going to always bear witness to the truth, the truth of God's word. He's going to confirm God's word to you. That's why, that's another reason you really, as a Christian, shouldn't be deceived because the Holy, the greater one lives in you. See, and that, that's the key there is that the Holy Spirit lives in us. God's not far off. Sometimes I think Christians live and act almost as if God is far off, that that maybe the, he, he comes down to visit with us on Sunday when we're in church, and then he goes back to home. He goes back to wherever it was that he, that he had been, and then he's waiting for next Sunday. He can come back down to earth with his people and visit with them. No, the Holy Spirit lives in us. He is not far off. He is actually in us. And as greater is he than is us, than is in the world. And this is why Christians have got to begin once again to believe what God says. God says the Holy Spirit is alive in you. God says that greater is he that is in you than is in the world. God says that the Holy Spirit will give you power. God Mm -hmm. says the Holy Spirit will give you grace. God says that the Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth, that he will teach you everything that you need to know. And we as Christians have got to once again start to actually live as if we believe that. I was talking to somebody again this morning, and they said, you know, it's just too easy to think about all the bad things. You know, because something bad, something bad's probably going to happen. It's it's easy to think of of. Of bad, you know, bad things are happening to people all the time. You have to be realistic. I, I know somebody that's always talking about you need to be realistic, you know, because this could happen and that could happen, and and we all know that the bad things happen, and you've just got to be realistic. Well, those good things can happen too, right? Well, be fatalistic. Jesus, Jesus said, <laughs> "What what is Paul right? He says, whatever is good, whatever is pure, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is praiseworthy. Think about these." He did not say. Think about the things that could go wrong. Well, can things go wrong? Sure they can. But we we don't need to dwell on the things that could go wrong. Now, I'm going to say this. I believe Paul was 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 uh, led by the wisdom of God when he declared Clearly. that. When he declared that. He said, think on what sort of things are good, pure, lovely, good report. Because, again, he was drawn from the wisdom of God when he made that declaration. Because you're always going to move in the direction of your most dominant thought. That's just how we are. That's why we're supposed to use our imagination not to imagine bad things. Use your imagination to imagine good things. And our imagination can run wild. Yeah, it can run wild. (laughs) But that's why he said think on or use your imagination for these things, good things. And a lot of people, because they don't have any spiritual understanding... They're still conformed to the world. They haven't been transformed by the renewing of their mind. They're, and they don't have the knowledge of God, which is the wisdom of God, which is the will of God. And so they're thinking on what the devil told them to think on. Instead of God didn't tell you. He said think on whatsoever things. Again, I always I revealed to this early in my Christian walk. Thoughts are things. That's why he said think on these things. Thoughts are things. And again... You're going to always move in the direction of your most dominant thought. Well, see, if you are always expecting bad things to happen to you, you're going to live different than if you're always expecting good things to happen to you. 
I, I know people that I know too. they just expect bad things to happen. It's almost like they're on the lookout. I know a brother, them. and these are Christians we're talking about. Right. I know a brother in Christ. I was just with him last night. Every time I'm around him, it everything that comes out of his mouth is negative. And then he wonders why negative things happen in his life. But the Bible, here's the principle in Matthew 12. A good man out of the good treasures of his heart or his spirit or the good deposits will bring forth good things. So, and it says, and an evil man out of evil treasures of his heart. So it says, whatever is deposited in your spirit, in your heart in abundance, it's going to come out of your mouth. So be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we need to plant some new seed, some new deposits, the word of God in our heart, and allow that to come out. Because words, this is what the world lied to us. The world lied to us and told us this. And we, he, he trained us when we were little kids. He says, sing this song. Sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words will never hurt. That's the biggest lie Came straight from hell. I've never been hit by a stick. I've never been hit by a stone, but You've I've been, been hit, hurt by words. The words. Right, 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 right. Because death and life is in the power of the tongue. The scripture says in that same verse in Matthew 12, by your words you will be justified. We're talking about justification this morning. And by your words you'll be condemned. But that's how you get justified too. You believe in your heart and you declare Jesus Christ is my Lord. You're saved, you're justified. So Words are powerful. Scripture says in First John, in the beginning was the word. See, we can talk ourselves into being healthier sick. There you if go. You get up I can talk myself into if, walking you, in divine health. If you got up this morning, and, and this happens, I've seen people do this. You get up this morning and you got a little headache. And you start thinking about your headache. And you don't let that headache go. And you start thinking, you know, man, I think my head might even be hurting worse than it was when I first got up. And pretty soon you just feel... If you keep feeling your head and try, concentrating on that headache, pretty soon that headache's going to feel worse. And you could talk yourself into the fact that maybe I better stay home today because I'm not feeling good. Well, well first, Richard, the thought came. And Satan brought that negative thought to your mind. The thought came because thoughts are things. Then you laid hold to that thought, and then you expressed it by words. Death and life is in the power of your words. And you just basically signed for the package. So now... We can very well do that in the positive. You can start speaking, because God is positive. You can start speaking the word of faith, I call it, the word of God, into your situation. Remember, Jesus spoke to a fig tree. What happened to it? He spoke negative to this fig tree. Scripture say he cursed the tree, and it withered from the roots. Well, Jesus spoke some positive things over some people, too. I remember him speaking some positive things over some blind people, and they got sight. He spoke some positive things over some water, and it turned to wine. He spoke some positive things over two fish and some bread, and it multiplied. He spoke some positive things concerning his taxes, and it came out of a fish's mouth. So that was our example. But again, Jesus had the Spirit living in him, because we're on the subject of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I'm going to leave that same Spirit with you. And in Romans 8, it says, and if the Spirit, I like to say, because the Spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit that raised Christ from the dead that lives in you. It lives in us. And you have, again, Richard, if you don't acknowledge it or have understanding that the spirit dwells in you and your spirit is now awakened to God and that gives you power, the ability to use God's ability, dominion, you're going to stay defeated and you're going to speak like that. We got to start believing what God's word says. If God says the Holy Spirit is in you, okay, it's in me. But I don't feel like it. Stop walking by feelings and walk by faith. Right. There you go. Walk <laughs> by sight. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, what, we, 
we all know people that one thing after another can happen to them, and they're still praising the Lord. They're still moving forward. They're still positive. And then we all know people that they get a hangnail, and they got to go home for the rest of the day. I mean, there's just people that God's God's there. God's sufficient. God is going to do whatever it takes. I knew a guy whose name was Frank, and I just used to love him. He was the most positive person that I ever met. I mean, no matter what would happen in his life, God's going to take care of it. It's all going to be good. And, in fact, I actually strive to be more like him because he's the kind. One day we're, we're riding in the <laughs> He church. reminds you of me, huh? One day we're, <laughs> hey, he does. One day we're, we're riding in the church van, and it gets a flat. And we're, we're out in the middle of nowhere going up to our church camp. And I got to tell you that I look back at that tire and the, my first thought was it praise the Lord, right? <laughs> Frank, he sees it and he turns to his wife and says, we got anything to eat while we're waiting? I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't anything. It wasn't a big deal at all. They, they used to live by Hamill City and one day the, this has been 20 years ago almost probably, and the Sacramento River was, was reaching a point where it might flood Hamill City. And they actually left, and they weren't sure. And he was his attitude was, if our house is there, great. If it's not, God's going to take care of us. And we all know people like that, and it is so great to be around people like that. And then, then there are the people, like I say, that the littlest thing happens, and it's, woe is me. Why doesn't God love me? Why did God allow this to happen to me? Well, and then what? they're depressed for you know the rest what? of time. And, and here's why, Richard. Because they haven't allowed the word to become rhema in their lives. They haven't taken the time to sit and study and meditate and speak the word. Because I, I, I know a gentleman just like that. And he's been saved for about 10, 15 years. But everything I know something, that, say 40. But everything comes out of his mouth is just negative. But I understand why, because he spends more time playing the lottery and doing all this other stuff. He's doing everything but seeking first the kingdom. And that's, when you're not doing it, and I say, when I say seek the kingdom, I mean doing it God's way. God's way is study to show yourself approved. God's way is believe and receive, and, and you'll have. That's God's way of doing things. I was just looking at this scripture over here in Luke. And it's the same thing about the Holy Spirit, but Luke seventeen twenty, it says, now when he, Jesus, was asked about, by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Meaning you can't see it. You can't see a spirit either. He says, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. So, and I wrote right next to that, it's by the Holy Spirit. And again, it's your spirit. That's the kingdom. That's get awakened and it, that's also a garden. In the word of God, words are seed. So you plant the word of God in your garden, in your spirit, and allow it to grow up and start, make that the new reality. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And I like to say faith is, of the, is the reality of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. No, you can't see it, but I can see it because I laid hold to it by faith. And that's my reality. My reality is basically what God said. Well, see, but the, you, <laughs> That's can, my reality. you can read the scripture, though, and know what God said and not act on it. I'm thinking of a specific person. They were they were telling me about some worries that they had. And I said, do you really believe 
that God said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Do you really believe that Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you? And she said, yes, but I've got to be realistic. See, so I know you can know what the scripture says. Yeah, I heard that a lot of times, But not... Believe it. Believe it. Right. Not live it. You, well, well, so it's not, a, well, here, here not it necessarily is. a case of you don't know what it says. You can know what it says. Here it is. They have a head knowledge of it, not a heart knowledge of it. Believing starts in your heart. The scripture says over in uh, Romans, with the heart one believes, and with the mouth confession is made. So I can get something. I can have an analytical Belief, I believe it in my head, but once that you got to meditate on it and get it down in your heart, in your spirit, that's where your real belief, that's the, the, the faith factory is your spirit. Well, that's why James says faith without works is dead, right. because you're yeah. going to know what a person actually really believes by what they When the do. pressure comes on, like she just told you, yes, but reality, well, no, God's truth has to be your reality. God's truth. If he said it, that settles it. So... And we have a choice every day to believe the circumstances, the facts, the conditions, or the word of God. Well, we have a choice every second. Every second. Because, I mean, something could happen to you any second. And, and those who, who, who choose to walk by faith and not by sight, those who choose to allow their faith to be on fire, we choose to believe the report of the Lord. There's well, a scripture over Numbers that says, whose report will you believe? Right. I believe the report of the Lord. And his report is referred to as good news, the gospel. Well, you know, and then there's probably people listening who think, yeah, you guys are a couple of pastors and never had anything bad happen to you in your life. Well, I got to tell you, bad things happen to pastors the same way they happen to other people. You face trials, you face tribulations, you face, but who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe? What, I, I tell people all the time, if you don't remember anything else about Psalm 23, remember, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Write that down somewhere. Whoa. Put that up on a mirror. Put that wherever you can see it all the time and begin to actually believe that scripture. And, and just because you're a pastor, that makes you a greater target for Satan and his, and his demons. Because they want to shut that prophet up. Oh, Keep, now, shut that prophet down. Pastors Jesus. don't know the real no, world because we yeah. only deal with No, Christian no, no, people. no. This, this, not this pastor. I'm out every day, and, the, and I understand what Jesus said. Jesus said, strike the shepherd, and the sheep will scatter. I had so the devil's always after the shepherd. I had a guy one day tell me, man, it must be nice to be a pastor. You only deal with people who don't have problems. <laughs> Well, you know, wonder what church again, he goes to. Uh, yeah, I don't know what church he goes to either. I haven't seen but, it. But, but, but here's the deal, though. Scripture says this in 1 John, this is the faith, this is the victory that has overcome the world. Right. Our faith. Our faith faith in God. That's what overcomes the world. Jesus said in Matthew, in this world, and he just meant this in general, in this world, you will have problems, trials, or tribulations. He made a promise that we would. And then he, he made another promise, but he says, but be of good cheer. Be of good cheer means stay happy about it. He even tells us, he said, I've overcome the world. And then he tells us in James, don't think it's strange when you go through various trials and, and, and tribulations. But he says, but count it all joy. Right. Because you know why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Especially if you get the promises of God in your heart, in your spirit, and, and allow, allow them to transform, renew your mind. You won't focus on the circumstance. You, you start to focus on the promise. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord shall deliver him out of all of them. Right, well, that's overcomes. the promise. Don't don't face don't focus on the afflictions. 
Focus on the outcome. Well, that's why he says, focus your eyes on Jesus, right, 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 the right, 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 right. of our faith. And, and he says he'll, he'll restore, God will restore all your losses. This tells us over in, uh, in James, it says, remember Job and how he went through all of that. He, all, he suffered many losses, and the Lord restored him twice fold. He tells us to remember that. So there's nothing that life can or the enemy can bring upon you that God can't restore. God's a restorer. That's why Jesus was a carpenter. What does a carpenter do? He, he builds things. He rebuilds things. He says he's he's the, the, the potter and we're the clay. So he's always going to mold us if we stay in his hands. And Jesus told us in James, John 15, I am the vine, you are the branch. He said, if you stay connected to me, you'll always produce. Well, you know, you, you'll keep about, producing. You talk about these trials and tribulations, David and Goliath. All of Saul's men could see, all they could see was Goliath. They saw how big he was. They saw how strong mm-hmm. he was. They saw he was a fighting man. All they could see was him, and he was too much to overcome. David shows up, and the only thing he focuses on is God. He says, God can help me the same way he helped me with the bear and the lion. He will help me with this guy. He says, God is bigger than this guy. Now, everybody else could see Goliath, and they said, he's too big. But David looked at God and said, God is bigger well, than he is. They, they wasn't looking through the lenses of faith. They, no, they were looking through sight. They were right. looking through their own right. understanding, their see, own eyes. And, that's what and he God, was a big one. Right, and God wants us to look at life through the lenses of faith. Faith sees the, that we have the victory. Nothing is impossible. Right, right. that's what faith sees. And, and, and Jesus said something in Matt, uh, 22, Mark eleven twenty two. Have faith in God. That's what he said. Have faith in God. Well, God and his word are like wet and water. So if, if I get it from God's word, he says, now, you place some faith in that. You exercise some confidence in what God says. And God, the Bible says, he watches over his word to perform it. His word does not return void, but it accomplishes what it was sent to do. So all we basically have to do is just believe the word of God, speak the word of God. Well, have faith in God. It. it seems pretty easy. You know, well, I mean, it's, it sounds it's really pretty easy. easy. That's all we have to do is have you know faith what? in God. It's really yet, easy. It, we just complicate it. It becomes hard for people because our own understanding jumps in and says, you know, maybe most of the time that would work. Maybe most Again, of the time that's true, but this is a special circumstance. Go back to the word, Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. If you're under, He said, don't lean to your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all, remember, he didn't say mine, with all your heart, your spirit, because that's where the believing takes place. Because your mind, there was a song we used to listen to back in the day, saying my mind's playing tricks on me. Well, your mind will play tricks on you, but... You got to trust in the Lord with all your heart and not lean to your own mind, uh, unrenewed mind, or your own understanding. It says, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. Well, how will I, one way I can acknowledge God by acknowledging what he said in his word. I can make that supreme, make that sovereign. And he said, then he'll direct my path. Well, his Holy Spirit, another thing about the Holy Spirit, he's going to always bear witness to the truth of God's word. And, and then he's going to, then you're going to hear that other voice. And you're going to hear a voice that, in line with the word of God. And that's the direction you go. Anything that's not in line with the word of God, he says, cast those thoughts down. But remember, thoughts are things. Don't take them. Don't even release it out your mouth. Some of the Christians are like that. Like I say, I was with a brother yesterday. Everything that came out of his mouth was contrary to the word of God. And he'd been saved since Moby Dick was a guppy. But everything that came out of his mouth was, I'm like, 
No wonder you're defeated. Look, look what's, but I understand it's all coming out of his heart, out of his spirit. He actually believes that nothing's going to work good for him. I, but, but he never, t- he, he, he belittles God's word. But see, what, what you're, you're exactly right there. Yeah. Is he's not really saying it so much about himself as he's saying what he thinks about God. Right, he's, he's and you hear him God say that. Can't do, and, what and he they'll says. say those exact words. God can't do that, or God won't do that. Well, the children of Israel in the wilderness, they said the same thing. Well, they come up there to the Red Sea, and man, the, you know, God's did all this other stuff, and I know we're all free now. But this is a special circumstance. This right, right. sea is right here, and here comes Pharaoh, and this ain't never going to work. We're all going to die. And Moses actually said that when it came to them asking for some meat. It was okay when he gave a manna, but when they said they want some meat now, Moses said, well, how are you going to feed all these people some meat? Are you going to sacrifice every bird in the universe? And the scripture says he despised the Lord, I mean, belittled him and, and made God small. And God says, he replied, is there anything too hard for me? That should be our mindset. Is there anything too hard for God? And we know in the New Testament it says with God all things are possible. Always. And yeah. this is what this, one it, of the reasons why we want to have this show is to convince people that God everything is possible with God always. Not sometimes, not most of the time, but always. Because that's where our own understanding comes in. That's where our own fears come in, is where we say, Yes, most of the time I believe that. But this is something different. This is something I've never faced before. This is something bigger. This is something scary. And now I need to worry because I'm not sure that God can do it. You know what, Richard? I found out as soon as you start believing God for the promises, that's when the faith fight starts. And we understand over in Timothy, he says, fight the good fight of faith. So the enemy wants to get you off of the truth of God's word. So he's going to bring circumstances and conditions to attempt to abort God's promise in your life. So that's when the fight's going to start. And a lot of Christians, they give up when they well, get in a storm. Hard ground. Yeah. Yeah. They get up. They, 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 they give up and you have to fight. Bible says fight the good fight of faith. That means, and it says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. That's us. We got, you have to take God's promise. The devil's not just going to, here you go. Here's your promise. No, he's. You have to fight for what it. What you trying to say that when a person becomes a Christian, the devil doesn't say, "Oh no. well, they're on their own. I'm going to leave them alone." No, no. I, you know they're a Christian now. I'm not going to bother them a bit. And here's how you fight. You fight by keep pondering on the word, meditating the word, thinking about the word, Drawn speaking near to the, God. Yeah, speaking the word. Keep go to go to Bible studies. Get you some some scriptural material, some Christian based stuff to read. Because faith comes by hearing the word of God. Just keep putting more word in, and that'll help build or develop your faith. And you got to do that. You can't talk about you in faith, and you're around these people speaking negative all the time, because that's who the devil's going to use, your kinfolk. And they're going to tell you, oh, you believe that? No. You says, yes, I believe that. And then convince them to believe it. That's what faith is. Yeah, and unfortunately, too many times, it's our it's our family and our friends that sometimes are... Trying to talk us out of what it is that God wants us to do. Well, the devil don't care who he uses. But uh, we're about to wrap up this segment of Faith on Fire. We uh, pray that this broadcast has been a blessing to you. And again, uh, we'll see you tomorrow, same time. And just remember, acknowledge the Holy Spirit because he lives inside of you. And uh, we're going to leave you with this phrase that we made famous. (laughs) Keep walking by faith in Jesus' name. Amen.
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.